What songs do you that stand out to you that you say, man, I wish I wrote that? I think Crazy by Niles Barkley is one of the greatest, one of the absolute greatest. I, I met him, I worked with him he told me a story. What, what had happened was Danger Mouse had the, had the track and someone else had rapped on it and done a pretty shit rap and Danger Mouse had forgotten all about it. This is the work brunch and we have the amazingly talented, ridiculously talented, uh, probably one of my favourite songwriters uh, in the world, Mr Egg White. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for, 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 for hanging out um, and having a, having a chat and eating some food. Um, we had a little chat before over email um, about your early food memories and you suggested something that I just would not expect, um, school dinners. Yeah, no, me and my brother, we got to school. We kind of couldn't believe how good it was. Mm. Uh, actually, there was something that I've recently realised, and that's after they'd served lunch, you'd get this milky sweet coffee. The whole primary school got it. You had coffee in school? Yeah. whole primary school got it. After you've eaten lunch, everyone gets this great big urn of milky sweet coffee. That's just totally delicious. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they would even like. I think I think poets would complain. Yeah, not back <laughs> then. No one complained about it then. We certainly <laughs> didn't complain. Kind of didn't occur to me how bonkers it was until recently. Uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Eating now, back to work. Did you enjoy school? Yeah, yeah, I did, and I didn't. There are periods of school. My mum and dad, my mum was kind of wealthy and my dad's working class. And there was a fight went on between them about what we should do. So we started, God, even before we were going to school, the fight was going on. So my brother went to a local school. state what school. The what was the fight? The fight was between mum and dad, whether we should go to state school or private school. Right. Um, so my brother, who's a bit older than me, 18 months older, he went to the local primary school in Charles Hill. And then somehow mum intervened and said, no, no, these kids are going to private school. So then we went to the private school down in Hampstead. And I really liked it. And then my brother started to get kind of basically in trouble for bullying. Interestingly, with, do you remember a great band called Bush? Uh, anyway, lead singer of Bush was a guy called Gavin Rostell. Anyway, Gavin and my brother were best mates when they were at school, even though I went up to Gavin 20 years later and said, oh, Gavin, you used to be a mate of my brother's. And he went, anyway, blah, and he didn't remember him. But they were best mates. But the two of them were bullying this girl. So then we got chucked out of that school um, and went back to a state. Anyway, just basically, I just went back and forth between state and private school. Right. Um, but what I really remember about, about the food was just it was so much tastier than what we were eating at home. Was there uh, a difference between the, 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 the food quality in the state school and in the private school? Not that I remember, no. <gasps> no, they were both good. Mm. Yeah. Later on, I remember there was a difference. You know, even not really there. No, they were both good. Right. No, I enjoyed school food the whole way through. That's dope. I mean, when you said that, it kind of, it, I had a memory of um, uh, school dinner puddings, which yeah. I think were my favourite. Um, and Which I ones are you thinking of? I remember there was this, like, I don't know if it's toffee or caramel. It's, it's like pastry, like a pastry base. Um, and then, like, this kind of, another layer of, like, I'm guessing it's caramel. And you'd always have it with custard. Ooh. 
And it wasn't wasn't even that thick. It was like pastry, caramel. That's it. No, it never happened. <laughs> yeah, it I know you're describing a millionaire slice, but that's more like biscuit on the bottom. No, it is kind and of biscuit. And there's chocolate on the top. Then I think but, you're talking about a millionaire slice. But not chocolate, though. No chocolate. Nice. And I just, like, it was... It, I, I used to love it. I also used to get... Um, I used to ask for custard with ice cream. Yeah. I'm you a, did that too? Yeah, of course, yeah. The hot and the cold. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course you do. Every time. If you've got the choice, it's always both. Right? Yeah. This is like uh, uh, young and sensations. But I was talking to Dave, my brother. For the first time. Yeah. Like, oh. When we were talking about 70s custard... Um, you know, the stuff which always forms powdered. the skin immediately. Yeah, of course, powdered, but even worse than powdered, like, you know, which is light yellow. It isn't a deep, rich yellow that you get on yeah, birds, yeah, you know, yeah. but the really cheap, light yellow custard. Mm. Uh, we miss it. Yeah, we were missing it. Well, that's good because we're going to eat something like that today. Um, I did a, uh, I was trying to remember, what's, what's, a, what's a school dinner thing? So I kind of just asked our, our good friend and perhaps Lord for some, Google, and... Um, what s- s- jumped out at me was turkey drummers. Yeah, that's later though. In my time, there was no turkey back then. What do you mean? Well, you didn't really have turkey. Turkey was like an 80s meat. Um, mm. I mean, I know that Bernard Matthews was What's the trailblazer with turkey. What, it was chicken. It was kind of chicken. It was more like pies. Well, that's but, awesome because we've got chicken instead. Yeah, cool, great. <laughs> chicken, yeah, chicken came first. Like cheap turkey came second. I think. Oh. I think. Yeah, the turkey is a kind of huge boiler bird. I was kind of reading a bit about this. Bernard Matthews was the, was the trailblazer for chickens back in the 60s. Basically, before that, no one really had meat with their meal apart from once a week. Mm. It was really veg. And my dad was still part of a dripping school. What does that mean? Dripping is where you've cooked the roast and then you hive off the fat mm-hmm. and then you add a lot of salt to it and then you basically spread it on. And you spread it, well, it's just oh, the fat. The actual just fat, the fat, just the fat. So you, you make the roast, you keep the gravy, but then the fat you hive off. And then you scrape it onto bread with a lot of salt. Uh, so wow. yeah, that was that. He was he was a big dripping Vegans dripping guy. Run. Yeah, it was not vegan. Uh, <laughs> in terms of it, it was how was veganism in in the seventies? Was that like yeah, that was there. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally there. Uh, yeah, in Camden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> veganism and mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, it went with light wood. You know, with that kind of lightly varnished wood, which always goes like super orange, you know, after two years. Uh, Trends. Yeah, North London, it was North London. You didn't get vegans in West London. That's interesting. Um, Yeah, so we've got uh, basically the the green peas, mashed potato and turkey drummers seem to come up quite a few times. Um, But turkey, I don't know about that. And it's a good thing you said that you actually had chicken. So we've got um, kind of homemade chicken dippers. Oh. Uh, we got mashed potato, and we have the kind of um, a herby green peas. Great! Yeah, that's 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 better than my wildest school dinner dreams. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a jazz duck school dinners, basically. Um, so let us eat. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yo, we are back. Okay. We are back nourished. And actually palpably more alive than half yeah. an hour ago. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah. I feel that too, because food is the stuff of life. Um, and now that we have eaten, we are nourished. Are you good? You, there's some yeah, water there. Um, as I asked, as I asked everybody, what else fuels you? Okay, I know what the answer to that is. Tell me. There are lots of answers. Tell, tell me. In what the you working know. life, mm-hmm. in the in the world of work, mm-hmm. there's no question that the biggest fuel comes from listening to other people's music. I know it's like the kind of big crime to say it, but music's built on music. Anyone who says otherwise is unlikely to be deluded. They (laughs) they just are lying. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to move forward musically, maybe there's a one in a million chance that you're some amazing genius and this stuff just hatches and it just comes up and bubbles up from the unconscious, but it's not me and it's not anyone I've ever met. Mm. Everybody I've ever met is basically building music on top of the blocks that have come from right. before. Are we talking No Ideas Original? Yeah, but more than that, you know, kind of, you know, my way of looking at it is that, yeah, of course, if you find yourself just ripping one tune off, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, best if you can kind of get this washing machine thing and put three or four in, mm-hmm. you know, then what will come out will be profoundly affected by all of them, and yet there'll be no link. The whole thing comes out clean. Right. Um, but... Yeah, it is definitely, it is definitely, but I mean, somebody was talking about it today. They were saying, God, it's a litigious time. I can't remember who they were talking about, but somebody was launching a lawsuit on something. I think it's because we realised that the tune we'd written had more than a passing resemblance to a phrase song, Cable Car. And she went, but you know what? Cable Car just had, just like that song just got 50% of a new song of Closer by Halsey. Mm. Um, Anyway, I can't even see the link at all, but it's because Mm. of a two-note piano riff. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it was obviously a very successful suit, a really great idea to bring that suit because that song's a really good one that's done really well. But <laughs> it feels to me a bit like skydiving. Um, that really is. That's How, what do you mean skydiving? Well, just if you're up there, in a way, you'd be looking around going, oh, I'll have that. Like, you know, right. Just kind of, if you get high enough, you'll start seeing links between everything. Right. Um, but what does it does it take something for you to get that high? Because it's yeah, maybe. it's something like there, ha- there has to be some. Is there a, pr- a practice to that? Well, I just just listening to other people's music. I kind of I've gone beyond feeling guilty about it. Mm. I've now got to a place whereby if I hear something, there's a new device or a device or something that I haven't understood before. It excites me beyond measure. Right. You know, yeah, I might play it three or four times just to truly digest it and go, mm-hmm. okay, so it's that half bar missing. And then, or it'll just be, I mean, it can take so many forms, mm-hmm. but you hear something where somebody, you hear some songs which sound like they're really plain and they're just really not. Mm. My thing at the moment is about vocal rhythm. Okay. Two cool examples are Stay by Rihanna. Right. Where every line is different. Oh, cool, you could have one. No, 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 okay. it's just some people. <laughs> um, that's, every, that's the words of a, I don't smoke anymore. <laughs> uh, but every 
every line in that song is different. You know, it's so mm. such a stock thing that you do and you get a nice chord sequence and you start humming a melody and you go, ah, bah, 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 and then the next line is basically bah, 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 yes. again with a slight twist yes. in the end. You go, oh, fuck it, how lazy can we be? Yes. Um, but that song, yeah, every line is different and yet they all build so brilliantly on each other. Right. Yeah, you have a listen to it. It's just where you'd expect repetition, there is none. Right. It's really genius writing, absolutely fantastic. Um, and then that other one, that Ed Sheeran song, uh, thinking out loud it's mm. a great bloody mm. song and it's so it basically keeps moving between three time and two time mm. and he's pushing the rhythm he's pushing against the rhythm and then suddenly when he goes into two time and he's it goes with the rhythm it's such a relief right. so you in the verses he's pushing he's singing a triplet across he's basically dragging back from the rhythm mm. pulling against it i don't know if he knew what he was doing or if it was just what he felt or he probably did know because he's a clever guy mm. um but but basically, he's pulling the rhythm, and then when he stops pulling the rhythm, but succumbing to the rhythm of the track, it's just a huge relief to the listener. Mm. Um, and then again, he gets into a triplet, but by then he's so exercised about it on the chorus, and the third time he sings it so hard, he smashes his voice up, and it's just mm. like, I am paying for that. Right. I will, you know, that's the moment where I reach in my pocket and go, yeah, I'm paying, that's good enough. It sounds like it's the journey that excites you. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the movement. Um, where is this, you know, like if you're in a car and you just, let's go left here, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> there's a road we have, I don't know what that road is, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. super exciting. Mm. Normally it's a mistake. Mm. Uh, normally mm. it's a mistake and you just slam it into a cul-de-sac. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but if you can make it work, right. it's an unbelievable feeling. So that means, I mean, there's no rules. There's no rules to Well, there are thousands of rules. And you've got oh. to know what the rules are. If you're a whore like oh. me, a professional songwriter, you've got to know what the rules are. You can go mixing and matching. Can you give me some examples of some rules as a songwriter? Yeah. A simple rule mm. is if a phrase runs eight bars, everyone feels satisfied, but they also feel bored. Oh, mm-hmm. If you run that rule long, if you run that phrase long, if you run eight and a half bars, then everyone just feels tacked pissed mm. off by the bit you stuck on the end right they feel slowed down by it if it runs beyond the expected length mm. then and they that's feel a natural rhythm you don't have to understand bars to everything goes to in binary everything goes mm-hmm. two four eight bars mm. um classical music was all about the eight bar phrase that all got smashed up in the mid 19th century completely smashed to pieces mm. but it still rules everything right um but if you violate that rule if you run it short people feel cut short but excited. If right. you run it long, people feel their energy slow down. Right. Um, so if you're going to add two extra beats to a bar or an extra bar on the end of the eight-bar phrase, you do that on the end of a chorus. You do not do that running into the chorus. Right. Because, it, But if you run it too short, then everyone feels confused running into the chorus. But if you can get the melody so strong mm. that the melody makes sense of that cut short phrase, mm. then you're in business. Mm. Um so some songs that smash the rules, like Say a Little Prayer for You, that really smashes all the rules of timing the whole mm. way through, the whole way through. It's broken rule after broken rule. Mm. Boom, the moment I wake up, I get a smash. Boom, mm. the moment I on my makeup. Boom. So the first, uh, boom, the moment I wake up. Yeah. Normal. But it's meant to be, yeah. sorry. Yeah. But that's normal. That's, that's normal. Mm. But then, boom. Makeup. She's in the middle of a phrase. I say a little yeah, bit for yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, it's yeah. all completely fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so it's, but it's liberty after liberty, and it just keeps you alive when you're listening to it. Right. Um, 
but it's the melody that allows the rule to be broken. Mm. The melody is so strong that you're allowed. Right. So you can use, I, the older I get, the more I think melody, melody, melody. Mm. Um, somehow it's the closest thing to speech. Mm. That's another rule you don't break. If you're writing a song and you want people to understand it, then the words should run roughly at the speed you would speak them. That's interesting. You run them too and slow. Is that not hip hop? That's yes, wild. totally hip hop, totally hip hop, completely. Mm. Except sometimes I find people messing up. I can't remember. I heard a maybe I was listening to Tove Lowe's record this morning, and I can't remember who the rapper was. But the rapper comes on, and I can just tell he's been paid to do this bloody rap. Right. It's not a natural rap, and he's like, "Oh Christ, what do I do?" So he runs a triplet, and he just runs it, and again, yeah, and again, yeah, and again, yeah, and yeah. again. And I can he's he's just going, "Okay." I'm not going to look stupid. I'm not going to yeah. look stupid. I'm not going to look stupid. I found the stupid. pocket. I'm staying. Yeah, and it's just dead shit, really. Do you know something I noticed with um, which what you, you was making me think about when you was um, talking about the rules and how you know the difference between um, how you can you know sh- sh- shorten and, and lengthen it and change the reaction in people. Um, one of the things I noticed when I fell in love with hip hop, it was a lot more poetic. So it wasn't so much about the, the the rhyming of the end word, for example, yeah. which it, now it's very much it's 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 got a lot more nursery rhyme to it. So it's yeah. not so much about what you're saying; uh, it's about when you rhyme the word yeah. rhythmically. Yeah, um, and you tighten up the rhymes. You make you make the, tra- the the frame shorter, and just your energy just goes through the roof. Right, but one of the things that I really fell in love with, and I think it's something that I definitely do, is is you know, Nas does it perfectly, where you might get you know the rhyming word uh, every third every third line, yeah. the, the the end line rhymes, and then the fourth line it absolutely throws good cautions to wind. It doesn't yeah. rhyme with any of it, and then maybe the next line would, and then do you know what I mean? And then yeah. the next bar it might be the second or the third word in there that right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you've got to be bloody clever to pull that off. You know, messing yeah, with rhyme frames. You know, if you if you if you can pull it off, yeah, but you're this the is dog. this this is what it used to be. This is what this is what I have become accustomed to. That's that's the way I write. Do you know what I mean? But it's because, and that's something that has changed. I'm wondering if that. I wonder if that has changed with songwriting. I think songwriting's got a long way to go before it catches up with hip hop. The whole mm. thing about hip hop was it was free. Mm. It was free from that pissy little twelve syllable phrase, which mm. is unvariant. You know, which I was talking about slacking off, you know, where you've got the chord sequence and you just go da di da di da di da You know, so hip-hop was immediately free from that. Right. You know, if they had to cram in two extra syllables, well, they'd just sort of speak faster. Yeah. You know, there was just like some, you know, some terrible rule-breaking going on, but it gave them freedom. Um, and in terms of sheer quantity, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the number of words yep. in a rap, it's yeah. probably five, six times what yeah. you'd be getting, you know, on a pop song. Mm-hmm. Now... There's a real trade-off. You write a song and you, you, you shorten phrases. I think Coldplay are terribly guilty of this. You know, I kind of look at it as almost a disease that <laughs> he's trying to make the stuff really work in stadiums. And in order to do that, yeah. he's tightened up on phrases. He's kind of, in a way, there's a side to them which is looking down on people. I'm talking about contemporary Coldplay, not Coldplay from the yeah. first three records or yeah, first yeah. two records. Um, you know, but the phrases get tighter and tighter and the rhymes get harder and harder to pull off when you've only got a seven-syllable phrase. Mm-hmm. And so... It's just agony. I listen and they're sh- it's yeah. just really they're, they're not okay they're, anymore. They're, 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 it's just they box he, themselves in. Yeah, it's that thing of, oh, God, you're just never going to get a great lyric if you tidy if you tidy it up and tighten mm. it up so much that you've got no freedom anymore. Right. You know, so it would be agony 
to be there writing songs like that. Mm. You just so that you know that no one's going to miss it in the stadium. Right. So I am deliberately attacking him for that. But is that about writing for the audience as opposed to writing? I think so, yeah. Because I was going to say myself, and I think absolutely that's the case. You know what I mean? The difference between I'm writing this song because I'm I need to get this out and I need to express this and yeah. writing for other people. But as a, as a songwriter that writes a lot of songs for other people, normally with other people, with other people, yeah. how do, how is that? You know how? Where's the balance there in between? You're writing something that are you essentially drawing out from them? Both depends on who they are. Right. You know, it's really variable. So you're striking songs with people. You know, it can be a ninety ten split or fifty fifty or ninety ten the other way. And they're all natural. You just feel even when you wait. You know, if you if you've got any wisdom at all, you wait. You wait and you see what they do, see what they're capable of, see what they're not capable of. Right. And you don't fill in immediately, or else you run the risk of really violating something which is a much more open book than you'd realised. So that's a life skill. Yeah, it's slightly. (laughs) It's slightly. First of all you know meet them talk for a bit yes. and then run for a bit and see what they pick up on mm. and see what they do mm. and then and then and then wait a bit and see what bubbles up and then if you've got an idea we'll say it and if it doesn't go down well then work out what it is they need mm. um different people do different things want different things mm. you know it would be a senseless thing for me to write a great song for somebody who is completely wrong because if they don't sing it, it's got their name on it. And especially if they're well-known, mm-hmm. it becomes incredibly hard to pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, the, not the golden rule, but one of the rules is mm-hmm. wait and see what they need, what they want. Right. And don't jump too soon. And I guess they're telling you by what they're not telling you. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, what they pick up, what they don't pick up. That's the mm-hmm. key thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, no one's ever going to be explicit, you know, especially if it's really hard for someone to say, no, please stop doing that. Mm. Yeah, it's particularly hard. But, you know, to wait and, you know, I know what I'm going to do. Mm. I know what my priorities are. I know what my wishes are, my dreams are, whatever it is. You know, and I'm always going to be attempting to satisfy myself. Right. Um, and I'm definitely not. But, you know, I'm not going to write something that I don't like. But it's definitely, I just, yeah, there's nothing more to say. You've got to mm. wait and then fill in what they don't have, what they need. But then as well, in, in terms of you saying write something that I don't like, a lot of the time if I'm uh, I'm in the studio, I'll just write anywhere. A lot of the time I would, uh, I'd just, you know, write a couple of lines or we'd work on, you know, something musically a little bit and then say, no, you know, you have that immediate, no, this ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's <laughs> stop this and move on. Yeah, it's really hard though, isn't it? Trying to work out when the bet's a bad one. I feel like when it takes, when it starts to feel like work. Yeah. Yeah, when you're not running, when you don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. When it's agony, to isn't it? When, when, like, yeah, when uh, it's just not coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go. But I, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with you. Where, um, I think we're similar in terms of that, in, ter- in terms of pace. That's something I, I noticed with you. Like, it's, it's fast. If you can. Yes. If you can, if the ideas are coming. But sometimes it has to be slow too. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes sometimes somebody needs me to edit, uh, needs me yeah. to be there, and, and I've sometimes got to slow my pace right down out of respect. Yes. Not because their pace is slower, but because that's not what they need from me. Right, uh, at that time. Yeah, and those sessions can be really hard. It might well be that I only contribute like 5%, 10% for song, and yet mm. I had to slow down mm. because that was what was demanded and needed. Right. Um, 
And, you know, I might come out feeling a bit ashamed, God, I should have added more, but actually that was all I was invited to add. Right. Um, you know, I find, um, and a lot of people have, uh, Adele's Chasing Pavements. Um, I don't know what it is about. It's hard to surmise what it is about lyrically about that song that just... It's all her. Completely her. Really? Whole I didn't song. know that. Whole fucking thing. And Maybe Should I Give Up was mine. But I don't even think it... I think Should I Give Up was mine. Right. I think that's... If if I, if I wrote anything lyrically in that song at all, right. that's it. But I think even that might have been hers. So did she come in with the idea already or did she... No. What happened was mm. she came in... We. I'd nearly lost her the first time she came in. There was a song called Tired. Mm. Um, and we were looking at The Cure and doing stuff which was a bit like The Cure. And we were doing a double time beat. And we got this verse that was just lovely. Mm. And I said, it's really easy. We've only used two chords. This is where the next chord goes. Mm. It's such a no-brainer. Mm. And I played it and it just sounded like shite. And then... <laughs> That's not where it goes. <laughs> yeah, but we had, you know, so we were quite slow. At the end of the first day, we've got a great verse mm. and a lovely sounding track. And then mm. she comes in the next day we start work again and I play the chord. On the same track? Same track and it mm -hmm. just sounds like shit. And she said, you know what, at 11.30, we've been going for an hour or something. She goes, you know, I think this isn't working. I think we'll have to walk off. And I go, it fucking should work. Give me 20 minutes. Right. And she was in the room and I just went mental mm. and grabbed every single extreme noise-making thing I could and just <laughs> thought, you know, fought to save the tune. Right. If you there like. was something that you made, made the fourth, made the chord work. I made the yeah. fourth work, the chord that it needed to do. Mm. And then as soon as I got it working, she bam, she had the chorus like that. Nice. Um, but I think if that hadn't happened, she wouldn't have come back for the next session. Yeah. And she came back for the next session and said, you write slow melodies, you write ballads, come on, I want a ballad. Right. And then she said, the ballad I really love is a song by the Goo Goo Dolls. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, we listen to it and I go, well, the verse and the chorus are exactly the same melody, but knocked it up. Right. I don't think we can rip this off at all. But as in a way, I was relieved because she chose a song oh, that was so not up itself at all. Secrets now, boy. Yeah. But the song yeah. was really, you know, the song was super simple. Mm. Super simple. Mm. And then I started playing this four chord verse rotation. And I'm like playing the shittest chords. You know, just four chords and they're super no-brainer and I uh, haven't even got a good sound and I haven't got anything and they're just super shit chords. Mm. And I'm you, feeling on, really... On the keys? On piano, yeah. And I'm feeling really embarrassed to be serving up this cold custard. <laughs> and then she started singing a melody that was just gorgeous. Right. On the verse of, of Chasing Pavements. And then it was just so lovely, the melody she was... And then suddenly I can work from her melody. Yeah. And then the suddenly energy. we're in business. Right, um, right. But it was this melody. I hadn't seen the melody which she sang. It was really simple and it was really relaxed. Right. Uh, but isn't that what you were serving her? No, I was serving her shit. I was simple. And she said, yeah, but it was kind of shit too. Anyway, she just <laughs> rose to the occasion like, super beautifully. Mm. And then suddenly it's just really easy. Mm. Uh, you, you, hit that, you hit that spot. It just, it was What's just really that sweet easy. spot? What is that? It's just luck. Yeah, it's just luck. You know, it wasn't like I gave her great starting ingredients. Mm -hmm. You know, her melody. Maybe mm -hmm. it was just a beautiful melody with real so grace that she sung. walking around a room with a blindfold on. <laughs> yeah, totally. I have no idea where it's going. And then she does something and suddenly I can see like two thirds of things in the room. Yeah. And then suddenly it's just really easy. And it's just the melodies just going up and the timings are really unusual, but it's all absolutely natural. And it's just right. really easy. And it was all done what by one o'clock. What does it feel like when that happens? Yeah, it's like a biggest fucking gift. I mean, what a mm. gift. Mm. Uh, 
total gift. She's mm. an amazing writer. Yes. Yeah, an amazing writer. And back then, too, she was just in such a kind of genius, joyful place. Mm. Um, genius and joyful, that's yeah, interesting, Nick. It really was. Well, I mean, it totally was. It totally was. You know, hometown, which I had nothing to do with, it's just genius. Mm. And it's so beautiful and so open and, and free. Right. You know, I kind of play it for kids and you know, I can't get past halfway through the first verse and I'm just weeping. Just, mm. Yeah, go, Dad. Um, <laughs> but it's just the sound of freedom. It's right. such a relief. Uh, is music freedom? Well, in her case it was. Right. You know, absolutely what about your was. Case? It can be, you know, it can mm. be. Of course it can be. Somebody did something the other day we basically got this verse that was such a beautiful melody and then we had this and then we had it it was just a god-given thing a really lovely mm. tune which is sadly i think probably a bit too far out of the commercial mainstream but my god it's good um and then it was just at the end of a song and i thought we pulled out everything we could possibly pull out and then i said why don't you sing the verse melody just over the back end chords and and i hummed it in my head and i thought it's going to work anyway just sing the first set of words again but over his last chords, anyway, she sung it and she just piled herself into it so hard. Right. And again, I was just absolutely... Can I ask you who you're talking about? Yeah, a girl called Crumbs. I'm so awful. I'm such a whore. You said um, Crumbs. Jasmine. And... Jasmine Thompson. I thought he was going to say Sullivan. That's my no, not Jasmine Sullivan. Off the chair. No, 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 Jasmine <laughs> Thompson. Uh, young, young English. Well, actually, Irish Chinese girl from Pimlico. Nice. She's amazing. She's amazing. Mm. And, you know, just the singing that she the singing at the end of this song was just, I mean, it totally took me to tears. It was absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, anyway, she goes, look, I think I can even do it better a second time. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> and then I was, I was like, right, okay, that's it. You're done. I'm not, having, I'm not taking three takes on that. Uh, yeah, you got no one, that's it. Mm. I got, we got that it. so went we beyond got my wildest dreams. Yeah. Uh, but that's not freedom, is it? That's just... That's just real joy um, mm. and real surprise to hear somebody young piling herself into her voice so hard that she's kind of, even though it's low in pitch, she's overpowering her voice, but yeah. it's completely natural. Yeah. It, it invited itself from her and just a glorious it sound. It invited itself from her. Yeah. What is it? It was just, she knew what to do. What's That's it? That's the thing. I tell what you what in, it what is. What invited itself through her? Here's the thing. I think that really the best songs are selling. It's not certainty. It's better than that. It's authority. Uh, you know that feeling that you get when you listen to something and for a moment the person doing it knows what they're doing. Yes. It's like being led into battle. Yes. And you know that you have a leader who knows where they're going. Yes. And the feeling of profound relief. Yes. When they know where they're going and you just have to follow them. Mm. That, I think, is what the very, very best pop songs do. Mm. Is somebody for a second knows what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, I think, is basically it. Right. So when you say, what is it? That, I think, is what it is. It's the sound mm. of a human who, for a second, knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I feel like I need to get that on my wall or something. Mm. A reminder, sometimes you know what you're doing. Yo, 
what else shoes you? You said there were different things that are uh, different parts of your life that have. Well, the other thing that fuels me is is, is human energy. You know, is right. energy that comes off somebody. You know, so mm. with Adele, it was the surprise of her of her, her verse. Mm. You know, it was just so much better than I'd expected. Mm. Just that, and you know. It would have been a crime to have fucked that verse over. Right. <laughs> you know, so it kind of pulled the best I had out of me, you know, and there was no effort in it. It just, you know, everything told me what I needed to do. Um, and that authority, he was like, yep. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, so now, you know, so. You believed her, essentially. Yeah, I totally knew. And that's, you know, that's the other thing. It's that business about believing somebody. That has everything, you know, there's no song worse than something that sounds like two professional songwriters in a room. Right. Yes, yeah, like that disgusting thing of, oh God, what do we rhyme with that word? Um, you know, making songs to make songs. And I do hear a lot of it. I mean, I don't want to bitch, but I hear a lot of it. Right. Stuff do you know, I was saying to somebody the other day, um, especially this year, I've started a lot of projects. Um, uh, which is kind of different before I would kind of just sit and meditate on things for a lot longer and not perhaps not have the confidence um, was this year I've had like no I want to do this and um, I was talking to a friend about it the other day and she was saying like you know how you started you know so so many different ones um, and I was like do you know what I've noticed that everybody I talk to about an idea if they don't think it's an amazing idea, we're never going to speak about it again. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, kind of, keep going. Like, if, say, if I come to you and say, yeah, I've got ideas, da, 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 and they go, whoa, I, th- I, I see that vision, da, 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 da. But either you're coming with me, yeah, or you're at least going to be in a support system for that. Yeah. And if it's not the case, but in terms of belief, really, is what it yeah. boils down to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if, I do, yeah. if It's the same thing. If, if, if I believe in your energy you believe in my energy yeah. then we can go forward with this yeah. thing and if not that's fine but it's yeah. not for us yeah how often do I get convinced when I think been there before fuck uh-huh. uh, I think I'm I think I'm just so old you know that I just I'm normally be a bit frank about it I go let's talk about it for five minutes and see if we can work something up if not we walk um so that's maybe where, you know, if somebody says something and I think, I'm not sure I see how we're going to do this. I feel like I need to see it straight away in the same way that if I'm in the studio writing or working on a track with somebody, it's, it feel, I feel like it needs to be, it, it, it's pretty instant. Yeah. Because that Sometimes authority, that authority, you know what? That authority that you, ability. Like there are times mm-hmm. there are people I work with and it will be three days pulling this thing out okay, of the shell. But that's by the point. time we get to the end of it, for some reason, the lyric is both well-crafted yes. and also true. You know, because you can be well-crafted and it have fucking nothing. You know, it's like the number of lyrics I've had that look great on the page and you get them out, right. it's just nothing. Um, right. But sometimes it takes ages. Uh, and we're just pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. And then, you know, every hour and a half, someone will make a breakthrough. Mm. You know, sometimes there are some people in some situations where it's just slow. Mm. Mm. Uh, I hear that. So I kind of, you, you've got to kind of know who you're working with, haven't you? you know, I mean, you people. do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? As, mm. as, a, as a songwriter and producer, working with other people. Um, but I mean, there's something that this is, you know, you've 
worked with people and created a, a, the definition of a pop song. And by I, pop, I can't really write pop songs. I uh, think it's pop. I think it's a definition of pop, as in this is going to appeal to a mass amount of people, and it's this kind of thing of like it's enough for people to be able to take a piece of it themselves without it being too individual. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you do you mean. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's do, a yeah. sentence thrown out there in a room that everyone can grab a piece of, as opposed to, well, yeah, I don't really. <laughs> But it's quite possible that the really great stuff that I've done with people whereby it's had that quality where there's something and it's both kind of free and yet really its own thing was them. It's quite likely. You know, on on loads of the key tunes I've been involved in that actually I was just there not making the key moves. You know, it's very hard to work out who did what in a songwriting session, who was the key mover. I think it's a co-creation. It is a co-creation. And yet, very often you'll find that one person you know this business about being the backup staff yeah you know sometimes that's but really valid too like you know absolutely there are rules sometimes the, the messages are coming through for one person stronger at that time than yeah. for another as 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 but as, people, as we're being you know I mean? for this if you look at rock groups all the classic rock groups have got to have two warring elements at the top and two or three yeah. rooting elements at the bottom. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, it, and, and the bass player argue, is never the the, the, the the roaring. You know, if you haven't got, if you've only got one person running a pop group, it's got three years. Mm. Uh, if you've got three warring elements, you've basically got a civil war that's never going to come off. Mm. Um, it appears to be pretty much an unviolatable rule that you've got to have two people scrapping out at the top and two or three sticking it down at the bottom. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and if you haven't, then the group's not going to hold together. So, you know, in a way, I suppose I'm saying, you know, there's no question everyone knows who the genius is in the group, and yet, you know, you need the other two or three to hold it down. The genius or the most appealing? Well, you know, look at Radiohead, for instance, you know, then it's between Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. Mm. And yet, every album that goes by, I realise more and more what Phil Selway, the drummer's doing. Mm. You know, and at first it doesn't look like he's doing all that much, but then about, about, about the third, fourth album, I realise, oh, fucking hell, what he's doing is completely unique. Mm. And actually, by this time, by seven albums in, I realise he's so important. He's created mm. a totally new palette of stuff mm. that this group has basically fed on in a way that's not obvious. So, actually, if anything, you've got, you know, there are now three geniuses in that group. Mm. But it took years for him to come through and for his genius to go completely beyond it just being really good rock drumming. Um, but there are still two members holding it down, you know. Um, mm. And their they're playing is really good, but it's just not exceptional or completely off the planet. Mm. Um, <clears throat> could somebody else take their place? Oh, I don't know. That maybe, doesn't work. Maybe. That generally doesn't seem to work. Yeah. I mean, the Stones have been through bass players like crazy, haven't they? They don't ride you. God knows, I don't know. Do you know someone's going to ask you about... Um, I, will, I, I had a look on a, a wiki earlier today. Um, so I was like, let me just see the list, the, the never-ending list of... of <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, and something I noticed, it, it was saying that, and, you know, let us know if this is how true this is. It's, 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 it's wiki, but um, you started uh, releasing music in the 80s. Yeah. But it wasn't until 97? No, 2003. Before anything took. Tell me how you, what kept you 
putting out music. Well, it was easier in those days too. So, you know, if you look at it chronologically, um, you know, it came along at a good time. So, And then stuff the budgets was, were open. Yeah, well, it wasn't just <laughs> the budgets were open, but stuff was beginning to get cheaper. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the classic tape machine, the Studer Great Big 24-track tape machine in 1975, this lovely beast of a tape machine I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it from 75, I bought it in about 98 uh, as a 20-year-old model. But when it was released, it was a 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you wanted to record, yeah, nobody could afford to make music on their own. Yeah, Tubular oh, Bells was about the only thing which, you know, Tubular Bells was 73, and he had the backing of Virgin, and, there was a, and he used all the downtime. So he could use a 24-track machine and just overdub endlessly in order to make his record on his own. But really the capacity to self-make a whole record didn't really start to appear until the mid-80s, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> where drum machines came out and tape mm-hmm. machines people started selling as a single called MPC, thing. baby! <laughs> yeah, well, it was even earlier than the MPC. Yeah. You know, this was the Lin drum, so yeah. this is earlier. The 808 and the Lin. Mm. 808 came out about 1980, I think, or 79, somewhere around there. And the Lindrum came out, let's say, 82, I'm guessing. But <clears throat> when these came out, you didn't have to multi-mic a drum kit anymore. Mm. So, so, bam, suddenly you don't have to have eight mics in a really good sounding room and a multi-track tape machine. Mm. you just got to have a box. The, the 808 was a couple hundred quid. Right. So, you know, you can afford an 808. The Lin was much more expensive. But, you know, by the time I started making music, which was about 83, 84, mm. or earlier, perhaps 82. Yeah, in fact, we were, I was using Lin's. Anyway, so about 81, 82, mm-hmm. you could basically make records on a Porter Studio. So the Porter Studio is four track. It came out about 82, 83. So by then, you can make a demo. First time ever, you can make a demo on your own without expensive gear. And then that just carried on going. By, by the late 80s, there was a single, the E16, it was a half inch 16 track. You could make really nice sounding records mm-hmm. on this with a cheap desk, maybe for 10,000 quid of outlay. Mm. which back then was not an astronomical sum of money. It was just quite a lot. Mm. Um, and then it's just got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. But, you know, had I come along a bit earlier, it would have been really expensive studios and it wouldn't have been possible. You need a team of people like making a film. Mm. You still need hundreds of people around you to make a film. But pop music, now one person can do it. Right. So, you know, I've been kind of thinking about the price of entrance, this business, about how much it costs to make a record. The price of entrance. That's yeah. interesting. So you'd think it's a fantastic thing. Now the price of entrance is super low. It's so 2,000 quid. Mm. Maybe it's 1,000 quid of laptop, 1,000 mm. quid of software and a microphone mm. and a couple of add-on boxes, and bam, that's it, you're in. Mm. Um, that would have been hundreds of thousands of pounds a generation so before. So are we talking about privilege? Well, yeah, I mean, privilege is also part of pop music, isn't it? People used to have to be kind of, rich in order to make pop records mm. back in the day mm. and now anyone can do it um i just it's just a question i don't really have any answers there's much more music being made i yes. wish loads of it was brilliant uh but it's not but it never was all brilliant no. uh you know some things have got much better some things have got worse like recording studios i mean is 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 a is it a matter of taste or is there a standard I don't know. I don't know. Also, you know, kind of, I mean, I think of Labyrinth, for instance. Mm. You know, the stuff that he did, that brilliant record that he did with Tiny Temper, yeah, that was done on a laptop. Pa- pass time. out. Yeah, pass out. That was yeah. done like on kind of, you know, 
100 quid's worth of software. Mm. Uh, and it sounds fantastic. I mean, absolutely mm. fantastic. So that was just a win-win that the price of entry was low there. Mm. But I can't think of millions of records which were just done on laptops which sound fantastic and are right. fantastic. Right. Um, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be. Well, have you had Solange's album? Yeah. I've got mixed feelings. You know, I should love it. Everyone loves it. You should so, love it because everyone loves yeah, it. Everyone around is loving it. <laughs> you know, Crazy in the Sky is the one I like the best. Yeah, me too. Uh, I love the lyric. I love the lyric. I love how lightweight the lyric is, the way yeah. she touches these feelings of desperation mm. so lightly. Mm. I don't fully understand the cranes in the sky metaphor, but I kind of do. No, I don't understand that. Um, it's I understand cranes in the sky, but I don't know. What's the, what's the line after that? Um, don't want to feel these... Is it kind of about metal cranes in the sky? What's it about? It's just about yeah, yeah, I got lost on that. Yeah. But I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> I kind of, kind of, yeah, I looked at it on paper and I listened to it. I can't get over the idea that she's just doing anything to desperately put huge amount of clear blue water between her and her sister. So that's, that's my particular beef is, oh God. I just hear her saying, this is my corner bay. I'll say, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> that's where I got stuck. Right. Um, and also, I wish... Yeah, but th that's more about you than it is about Yeah, of course music. it is. Of course it is. And yet, it's also true, you know, that she's trying to find a way to compete on, a, on her own playing field on Naturally. something which her sister yeah. isn't doing. And, and I, I wish she would not sing harder, but I wish... She would sing with a bit more love. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I just I'm not I I'm not sure if I would. As be in, able you don't believe it. her that much. Because I, I don't think she's quite going there. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think she's quite okay. going there. I think the neutrality is slightly annoying. <laughs> no, no, annoying's not right, but. It feels as if she's really trying hard to temper and moderate everything. You know, that cool. it's all between three and seven. Yeah. She's not going to drop down mm. to a whisper and she's not going to mm. shout. And, and the arrangement's good, but it's just, I, I hear the mind working. Oh, well. Uh, I hear the mind working and I love the lyric and I love the melody. And I'm not wishing for a big chorus, but I want some, I want more. Right. I want more. Right. It's all quite morose. But I don't mind morose. I don't quite leave her. I, I, I hear that. I hear uh, that. I think the thing that stands out to me the most on the album is the quality of the recordings. It's really good, is it? Yes. He's a funny guy, because that was done with Raphael Sadiq. Yes. Who went out with Joss Stone for a long time. Yes. Uh He's kind of my age, but he looks about 20. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of an amazing thing. He's a great bass He's player. He's aging backwards. Amazing bass player. Mm. You know what? I find the bass players are usually the best producers. Yeah, there's, there's a long history of it. Yeah. What is that? I don't I, know. I don't know. There's something there. It's the magic that yeah. they have. It's a, it's a historical thing. Trevor Horn was uh, a great bass player producer. Um, mm. I don't know why it is. There are a lot of bass player producers. Yeah. Mm. So tell me, what else fuels you? 
Frank Ocean fueled me until I had the new record. Oh, <laughs> oh, do you know what? I was actually <laughs> listening to, to <laughs> Nights today because um, I leave my body every time that change happens. Um, so is that on the new record? The new on Blonde, yeah. Nights today? No, I was listening to the track Nights right. earlier today. Ooh, maybe I don't know that one. Maybe I gave up before I got there. Yo, it's, I don't, know I, what, I don't know what number it is, but it's okay, like cool. the second or third change, which is very, which is very popular at the moment to have a lot of changes. Oh, Nikes? Not Nikes. No, not Nikes, okay. I'm sure it's called Nights. It could well be, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's called Nights. It's like the second or third change that happens and it, I, I leave my body every time. Nice. Okay, How I'll check it out again. That? How do you feel about the album? Really annoyed. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not a bump across. I mean, I just, the last one was so amazing. I just wanted to rip everything off in it all the time. Mm. It just made me feel so with him. I travelled on all of those places, you know, to the terrible strip clubs and the, yeah. and the privileged houses that he just looked on the children in there with despair and, you know, and I was with him. Wait. And on this one, I'm not. Wait. Yeah, lyrics are still good, but the music isn't amazing. Yeah. Uh, and the things he did there are lines on the first record that are just the timing is godly yeah uh, I could never have pulled a rabbit like that out of a hat right. it's like rabbit after rabbit coming out do you know what I think that's what I like so much about Nights um, I don't even understand this cadence I don't know where this particular cadence came from it's not something that I could have like you're saying I just I couldn't have imagined it yeah it's, it's like I don't know what this is some Brazilian Spanish it's literally like he's how do I explain this? Like the cadence is like backwards. Mm. Like he's chasing the words in terms of the flow. Oh God, we gotta have a listen to it. Uh, <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a listen to it. Yeah, like, let's pile it up. I mean, on Nikes, for instance, I know that's- uh, Is that the one where he's using that- uh, He's using an auto changer to pop him up a fourth. Yeah, so I'm basically he's written a song and then he's just gone and leapt in it and said, what happens if not the whole vocal up a fourth? And the answer is, it's really kind of more interesting than it was before, mm. but it's still not interesting enough. No, I'm not. Really. Uh, okay, it so kind of just seems to go That's the worst thing about run. Spotify, is it really takes a while to get this actual mm -hmm. app up and running. Here we go, my library. This is where we drop the ad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so far below the absolutely stratospheric that he Brilliant. Do, like he just okay. rolled out of bed let's, let's have it then well I don't think he rolled out of bed you know how it is with music you can tell what's going on in someone's life yeah you just know uh, I just stopped by the bottle of wine and saw Adele on the front cover saying I'm not sure I'm going to have another kid um, apparently talking about serious postnatal depression and you were like um, oh more songs <laughs> oh more songs well no no, I think the very opposite. I can hear it. I can hear it on the new in her, in, On her new project, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I haven't it. heard it. I've heard a couple of songs and well, I didn't feel like I needed yeah, to. Yeah, just on the album. I, 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 she doesn't sound happy. Right. Uh, yeah, I can hear it. Happy or that she's alive, enjoying it? Fully alive. Right. You know, alive to the kind of immensity of what presents itself to her. Mm. Um. Joyful, joyful, that thing, you know, that thing of... Everyone knows what a joyful singer sounds like. Yeah, but it's, it's not so she really had to make an album, though. 
yeah, I'm, you know, what an amazing outcome to have made this record that sold 58 times as much as everything else. She didn't need to do it, so I wonder if you do, you do, everyone has to make a record, don't they? Well, maybe that's what we're hearing. You have to, you have to make a record. Um, And, you know, it couldn't have fulfilled its brief more. Yes, amazing, huge, huge success. And and lots of people I know really, whose musical taste I love, absolutely love it. But I just don't hear the joy. Um, You don't hear the authority? No, I do hear the authority, Ah, but not the joy. (laughs) Authority without joy is not so great. It's just... What means, what are you trying to tell us here? You know, it's... Yeah, it's not the same thing. Uh, what do you write? You tend to write lyrics with, like, do you use a phone, laptop, paper, pen, pencil, paper? Definitely not a laptop. Right. Uh, I like pen and paper, mm. but I'm walking away from it slightly because of the voice dictation thing on the phones. Mm. Do you use it? Yes, if I'm freestyling and there's a little flow there, mm. I would record it. Um, or mostly I use it for music when I hear certain melodies or uh, drum patterns, I'd record that. But the uh, speech thing where it transcribes it into text? Oh, no, I've not done that. That's I, I feel like that's too... If, if, if the spirits are working through me... Yeah, yeah it's too fast. And you yeah, know, you, won't, you won't catch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we ain't yeah. got time for you to translate nice. this thing because nice. it's going to be gone in a second. Yeah, yeah, no, and it'll miss too much too. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, what do I do? I definitely use pen and paper and I definitely use that. So I use that for cleaning up. Mm. So I use pen and paper for getting it all down and it's all down there, including all the fag ends and the scraps. But then once we've got a certain amount, I'll talk it into a machine, you know, so yeah, the night is young, comma, new line. Do you speak it in or do you sing it in? No, I talk it in, I talk it in. So, you know, yeah, comma, the night is young, comma, new line, forever. So what about the flow? Well, then, then I'll just send it down right there on the phone. We've got a clean copy. But you know what it's like to try and kind of sing along. You've got this fucking dirty copy with, you know, crossings out. And then you have to run. Yeah, it goes here and then it goes here and it's all over the page. And there's a star there to get you onto the other page. You know, so that's, so I use well, it for getting you clean. I copy. guess that means it's more about the words than it is about the way that they're going to be delivered eventually. Well, normally I'm writing with someone. So <clears throat> we'll both be trying it out in the room the whole time. Right. Um, and that's, that's changeable. Yeah, you know, but I mean, there's only one version that has any meaning at all, and that's the version that hits tape at the end of the day. Um, everything else is just, it's nothing. You know, it's, there's nothing until you've got a vocal down on tape right. and you discover if, if it has meaning or not. Right. Um, what songs, yeah, songs, rather than albums, what songs do you, that stand out to you that you say, man, I wish I wrote that? God, oh, yeah. I think Crazy by Niles Barkley is one of the greatest, oh. one of the absolute greatest. I mean, that is, I, I met him, I worked with him a bit, and he told me a story. What, what had happened was Danger Mouse had the, um, had the track, and someone else had rapped on it and done a pretty shit rap, mm. and Danger Mouse had forgotten all about it and was just playing CeeLo lots and lots of things, and then he played him that track, mm. kind of not thinking anything of it. And Cedar said, I think I know what to do with this. And he said he lay back on a sofa mm. for four hours mm. and just dreamed and just kind of lay there and lay back and as, didn't as, do anything. As in conscious or? Yeah, as in kind of bit in and out of consciousness. You know, just lay on a sofa for four hours and just went woozy and 
and then it just came really and then it came mm. um, so for four hours he listened to that music yeah and just just sort of turned it around and turned it around and turned it around and then and then he had it kind of got out from the sofa with it um so what makes that the the, the the greatest in terms of songwriting for you okay so many things the vocal rhythm is so fantastic yeah. You know, the fact that he's breaking the rule, it's faster than you know, you're normally, you know, I, I remember when, I remember, I remember when yes. I lost my mind. So he's already got your attention because his yeah. speed of vibration is faster than most people are yeah. capable of, including me. Yeah. You know, so it's just immediately the energy he comes out the blocks with. Yeah. Uh, and the it's lyric hard. is so beautiful. It's yeah. such a beautiful thing about the line between attainment and utter failure. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, between mental health problems and freedom. It's mm. just about... Oh, those are some very thin and beautiful lines. Yeah, it's a really beautiful lyric. And and then and it's got everything, you know, a second verse. <laughs> Bless my soul, you think you're in control? Ha! I think you're crazy. It's just so lovely the way he walks in and out of speech. Yeah. So it's speech, you know, it's really it comes from speech and it comes from talking to people and, you know, and I read it like that. Mm. And yet it's super musical and super alive. And then, and then he, it's a fucking C sharp. You know, a, a man at his absolute best is going to hit a B flat. You know, if you're really smashing it as a one-off, you might hit a B. But you've got to be in a fucking good mood. And then he's hitting a C sharp. And so, you know, it's just one of the great things when that was out, you'd walk down the street and you'd hear builders trying to sing it. Yeah. No one gets up there. <laughs> you know, especially not in full voice. Yeah, also, you know, just magnificent so you know it's so the chorus has the big big high note like nothing like no one can touch it there's no one else else out there who can sing that high note in full voice mm, uh, in full voice in full voice he was in full voice you know he must have been in a good mood yeah they won't be playing that track live in c sharp minor mm. uh mm. so you know it's kind of got everything that's that's why uh and the middle eight is and the structure's odd and then of course you know so it's him. It's him that I'm buying into. You know, Danger Mouse's track is stunning. But then I heard the Spaghetti Western it's ripped off of. Wow, that they haven't been sued for that. It's just unbelievable because uh, it's just all there. Right. Um, so did they get clearance or? I don't think so. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. Um, is there a song that... Okay, I'm thinking how to word this. I feel like I have songs that are yet to come through. I'm aware of the energy of these songs. I'm aware that they exist in some ether somewhere and they haven't quite, quite come through. Is, is, is that something you relate with? Yeah, totally, yeah. But you've got to put yourself in the way of them when they come down. Do you know what I mean? That's the advantage of just sort of keep on working, keep working, keep doing things. You know, but there's chance elements that bring it together. You know, so much stuff, like I say, nicked from other people, built on other people's tunes, ideas that other people, maybe sometimes even think you misheard. Hmm? The right whiskey. Yeah, well, I can't really drink. I'm a sort of driver and I come from a family of pukers. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I can barely drink. Um, no, I think that's it's, my inspiration juice. Is it? God, yeah. lucky you. Yeah. No, I just I just go to sleep. <laughs> uh, you might wake up with some. 
Maybe, maybe. It'd be nice <laughs> to get out of the way. It'd be nice to get out of the way. That would be a cool thing. Mm. But no, I, don't, I, I generally... And you know, other things too, like I run it in the day, not in the night. Mm. You know, which I, is, that, I have learned that actually starting a studio session at 11 a.m. is probably more inspiring it's different than 11 p.m. It's different. There's no There's question. There's a different level different. of focus. Yeah, I mean, I love that feeling. I'm going to get more working. done for a start. Yeah, you're going to get a lot more done and way quicker too. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a lovely feeling. You know, after eight o'clock, you know, when well, everyone's given up now and they're all asleep and we're just on borrowed time, that lovely feeling of, yeah. hey, you know, everyone's everyone else has put their tools down. Yeah. You know, that's a nice feeling. Well, as well the, 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 the thing about that particular space is you end up, you know your energy kind of goes yeah, the tempos more towards drop right down, the huh? tempo drop you're having more conversations and songs come from conversations yeah the good ones are yeah do you know what yeah. I'm saying yeah yeah totally when we're speaking to each other and we are all very comfortable we all become poets when we're not even thinking about what yeah. we're saying when we're just naturally oh so how's what's happening with you and so so well you see, and that's that, that explanation of what's happening with them yeah. and someone else or something, there's, there's, there's the song. You know that song, What's Happening, Brother? That's another song. The Marvin Gaye song. Uh, well, I know what's going on. Uh, same album. So it's track two. It's the album after that one. Okay. song after that one. Mm. Uh, I think it's about the greatest two minutes, 50 seconds ever. <laughs> the chord changes are super extreme. Mm. and he's just dancing on top of it he's basically the stories he's come back from Vietnam and he kind of wants to know how his ball team is doing mm. um, and it's just a conversation it's just a bar conversation a conversation had in a bar mm. and the sequence is so pretty but the melodies and the way he works this in and it just it's speech right. it's so beautiful yeah. um, and then it's over and then it's over and he peeks so beautifully and there's no effort in it. You can hear it's just, it's, he's not effortful. It's like he's wearing a pair of slippers and he's just talking to a mate. He's just going <laughs> up the bar. Um, and it's so natural that the melodies are, oh God, it's God given. So basically, know the rules, break the rules with authority. Yeah. Well, is he breaking the rules? <laughs> say something, you know, in a way it say just comes something. down to that. But at the beginning of writing the song, normally you don't know what you want to say. Mm. Um, mm. Normally you haven't got a clue what you want to say, what's mm. on your mind. Uh, yeah, I find like if there's too much uh, thought about it before, I've already boxed myself in too much. Mm. I've kind of just got, I've got freestyle it out. It's dangerous for me as a songwriter too to go too far on something. If I get a song and the thing knows totally what it is and I've got two-thirds of the lyrics, well, you know, I've, I've gone too far. Mm. I've, I've come too early. <laughs> <laughs> On my own. No fun for anyone else. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, that would be a big mistake. You know, you've got to know, if you get a good idea, mm. that can be a real temptation. You know, mm -hmm. if you get a good idea and you're walking around the park and you're just coming back and you drop the kids off and you go, oh, that's a fucking banger. Right. i got a banger. You've got to go, okay, put down the two lines and just put it out of your mind. Wait until the right time. Right. You know, it's probably going to be used on the session later on today, but just don't run with it now. Right. You've got to wait. Right. You've got to run with someone else. Otherwise, this is just all yours and it's just a, right. not their song. Mm. Um, Yo, Mr. Egg White. I haven't seen you in a few years. It's good to see you. It's good to catch up, eat some food, news. It's been amazing speaking to you. Um, 
same. Thank you. Thank you. We we got we got to hook up again at some point. Um, but I'd like to say thank you very much for being part of the work brunch uh, and bringing your knowledge and, and your wisdom and uh, colourful personality to the team. Thank you very much, man. Cheers. <laughs> Wicked. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.